Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Wonderful. Thanks for uh, rescheduling. No, of course, of course. I'm happy to reschedule. And uh, sorry, like I couldn't. Uh, I can't be on video at the moment. But uh, tell me, Amit, where are you located? I'm in the Bay Area, San Mateo. Oh, okay. Great. Awesome. How about you? I'm in uh, Costa Mesa, California. Okay. Where is that at? Like mid North Cal or? So, so, yeah, Southern California. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Cool. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I love it. How do you like it over there? I love it here. I've been here a few years and uh, been doing a bunch of startups. It's, uh, I think it's the most exciting place to be. Yeah, I think so too, man. Um, Silicon Valley, are you close? Are you, you're yeah. In- yeah. San Mateo is uh, pretty much the center of uh, the valley, you know, with uh, the city of, uh, you know, about 25 minutes north and Mountain View about 30 minutes south. A lot of action there, huh? <laughs> yep, it's been crazy the last few years. Yeah, that's I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, so, so Amit, thank you so so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you are you have a lot of experience in a lot of different companies, um, but primarily what you're doing now is you're a VC. Um, yeah, in a way, we have a corporate uh, venture focus where we are you know using Awake VC to create an ecosystem of companies that all you know. Uh, interconnect with each other via software, you know, via cloud uh, AI software that allows this sort of uh, ecosystem to function as a whole, as a single whole. Got it. Okay. Um, So I want to get into that in in just a bit, but what I really want to focus on is your initial beginnings. Uh, So kind of give me an idea as to how you've started this, like how this journey started for you and how you're in the position you are today. Uh, you, you worked for Google, IBM at one point. Uh, yeah, yeah, all the way back uh, when I started my career was with IBM Global, which was, uh, you know, a very big organization. And I felt like a very, very small, you know, cog in the, in the, one of the wheels. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't really exciting in any way. It uh, was just, uh, not, uh, you know, applying innovation to anything, you know. So I, I left fairly quick. I ended up joining um, a small boutique firm called uh, ThoughtWorks, which, um, you know, is headquartered in Chicago. And when I joined them in 2002, they were really small. They were about 200 people. I think today they're probably, I don't know how many, they are, like 10,000, maybe more. Wow. So, um they uh, taught me my craft, which is, you know, how to build software that is focused on outcome and, you know, uh, value rather than features or anything else that, uh, you know, uh, people talk about. And, uh, you know, during that time, I really understood and learned what, uh, um, you know, throughput accounting really is, which is, you know, the theory of constraints applied to how you manage companies or, or any complex system that has many interlocking parts and people and so on. And uh, how do you optimize these things and how do you scale them, right? You have to find the constraint, the only single constraint that exists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't find that one constraint, then you end up optimizing something that is not the constraint, that is not the bottleneck. So you don't get the change in throughput you might get a change in efficiency of a component, but the throughput of the system remains unchanged. And this is a fundamental insight, 
you know, into everything. Because do you feel that's the difference between kind of uh, a amateur software engineer versus a, a more mature software engineer? Yeah, totally. For example, uh, when you talk about software and you talk about performance, for example, scaling, this is where, you know, performance tuning and things like that come in. And, you know, all the, even the, even senior engineers will say, you know, oh, I know where the problem is. They'll, they'll guess it, right? And they'll try and fix it without uh, profiling the software. And the profiling the software instantly, you know, tells you where the problems are in code specifically, because like I said earlier, lots of things are happening, lots of code is running, but the overall performance is going to be gated by the single constraint that it, that it runs under. It's right. not, it doesn't matter if you make, you know, this module over here 100 times faster, because if that wasn't the bottleneck, you haven't changed anything. Right. So that's why we have to have metrics and data to diagnose things, right? Otherwise, you're not doing a data-driven job. You're just guessing, right? So, right. so that, that's a fundamental uh, you know, tenet that I live by, which is you know, how do you build uh, environments and uh, systems and processes and you know, companies that are self-quantifying themselves so right. that they can be uh, smart and intelligent about what they need to do to improve. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. And so that's a long winded way of, uh, saying no, 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 I understand. I understand. Yeah. You have to, it's, it's pretty much like, uh, you know, a physician trying to find out what the root cause is. Yeah. And there's a lot of physicians that don't try to, don't find the root cause and they try to treat the symptom as opposed to figuring out what the actual underlying right. reason for the sicknesses. And right. so, and that's kind of like, kind of what you're saying too, is like, you need to find the underlying cause as opposed to just looking at the symptoms and trying to figure out what's like, what needs to be done or whatever the case may be, whatever the goal is. Right. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I like it. Yep. So that's been my you know whole thing, learning about the truth and, uh, you know, been a scientist all my life, you know, a computer scientist. My, uh, dad is an engineer as well. He's retired, but, uh, you know, right. he, he insisted that I did not take uh, computer science uh, but engineering, he, he insisted I took, you know, electrical engineering and, you know, telecommunications and things like that. Because he said, that's engineering. Computer science is not a, not engineering <laughs> science, right? Yeah. And which is, I had these huge, uh, you know, uh, arguments with him and so on. And I rebelled, of course, by studying the computer science courses anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, eventually computer science is going to take over everything else, so. <laughs> yes, and what I mean by the engineering side of it is the abstractions, you know, engineering is about design and it's about understanding abstractions that drive something that, you know, when you're trying to design or model something in software, if you don't use or understand or hit upon uh, the right abstractions that are really underpinning the behavior, then you are again solving the wrong problem or you're solving an aspect of the problem that is not the whole. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you, hundred percent. And yeah, it is it is a, a, a wonderful uh, subject. I, I respect it a lot, you know. And I think that you know, eventually, with AI, with the advent of AI, and all these things, I mean, these this is just going to be keep becoming more and more important. So, um, in fact, you know, out of all the engineering degrees right now, uh, computer science is probably the most stable at this moment in time. Uh, you know. Yeah, software is absolutely eating the world, right? Like they say. And I actually like to say that, uh, you know, software has already eaten the world in the sense that, you know, everything is digital in the, in the sense that people are still waiting for things the time when everything is going to be digital. And I always point out, well, everything is already digital. You, you know, it's just not equally digital everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? It means that restaurants are not fully digital in the sense that not everything is going on digitally there, but they accept money through a credit card system or even cash that they accept is rung up through a register that connects to their electronic system. You know, so their notion of money is already digital. Absolutely. So this idea that we're not somehow digital is actually a blocker. So what I have realized is that you and I, as human beings, will always be offline. Okay. Right. I'm never not offline. 
I am me, never online myself, but I am connected to things which are always online. Okay. Yep. Right. So that means what? That means that we have to rethink our view of the world. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, viewing the world as something that's going to become digital. That means we're not seeing that they're already digital. Right. So that's actually, you know, what I'm doing now with Awake, which is how do you, you know, leapfrog what people are not seeing and that is already happening. And that's really the future of everything, right? If you're able to tell what's going to happen because you see it earlier, that's really what prediction is about and that's what arbitrage and that's what value creation is about. And, th and that's what we're doing at Awake. We've, we've seen something fundamental and we're implementing it in a fundamentally different way. And the journey for that, by the way, to answer your question, finishing up with that whole ThoughtWorks thing. And then I ended up with, uh, you know, briefly at Google, uh, you know, doing uh, some work for them uh, on the Chrome project. And this was, you know, in the Bay Area. Uh, and I realized how amazing the Bay Area is right away. And, uh, you know, I'd visited before. But uh, I didn't want to get stuck in any uh, big company again, ever. Right? Well, so why I, do you say that? Is it because it's just... Um... It's just a, it's a big machine that, that treats its individual employees like parts of, that, of the machine. Is that? Like um, no, I think that, uh, you know, I think every person has their own level of uh, uh, creativity and uh, need for uh, security. And the balance between the two is something which everybody answers for themselves. Everybody wants to be free. Everybody wants to be creative, like however they want to, you know, do whatever they want to do. They want to be free and creative. And the truth is they are. Nobody stops anybody from doing exactly what they want and building something that they believe in or whatever it is. The ideas that stop people from doing that is what will happen to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's why I uh, awake again, you know, it started, I'm going to like ramble all over. Right. But like awake started because I was this whole, I went through this whole meditation phase of my life, you know, four or five years of like really intense, like seeking of, of, from trying to understand, cause I'm a super like rational, you know, scientist type guy. And I that's never spiritual or anything like that. Really? And so yeah. totally not like I was rational to the degree that I was, uh, on principle, growing up, I used to tell my dad, like, you know, you guys can go into the temple whenever you want, but I'm not going coming inside because I don't get it. What's the point? I don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But he was uh, gracious enough to say, you know, that you should try it and blah, 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 but he didn't insist. So, you know, I had to discover on my own what it all means. And I, and I discovered it through the rational pursuit of uh, not able to understand it. And uh, then, you know, of course, life uh, happens, right? You don't, uh, you can't plan anything as I've discovered. You get hit in the stomach and then you're like, maybe I need to right. change my perspective. No, no, not even hit in the stomach. So that was, you know, it's also, so I did get hit in the stomach, right? And we all do. And uh, to me, it was like, wow, uh, everything. And I was, you know, I'd sold a company to Staples by that time. I had done uh, a, a pretty good, uh, you know, outcome. And, you know, I was running a uh, part of, uh, you know, the online B2C, you know, I was VP of global e-commerce at Staples after that, after that acquisition. And, uh, you know, th then things went sideways uh, for a number of reasons. And, you know, and my mental models, uh, you know, were challenged. And I'm a very rational guy, like I said, you know. So I was like, this makes no sense. This is not how things are supposed to happen. Like, you know, you've got all these clear ways of, viewing the world and you know when you do this this will happen that's what we all know right we all like operating under the that under under that assumption that if i do xyz and i get this that and the other then i will be happy yeah it's like a logical sequence or logic everybody is working towards that thing and it's all based on this way the world works this is how things are right this is what makes people happy this is what makes me happy and this is who i think i am and how i need to be and how i'm going to be happy Right? and achieve what I want to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So when, you, when that doesn't work suddenly, then the choice is to either really look at uh, whatever went wrong and blah, 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 and to just get back to it, or to really go even deeper and say, wait, is the entire thing wrong? Like, is that even the model? Does the model make sense? Is the, am I viewing the world right? Yeah. And so that's what happened to me. So I went into this whole meditative quest of finding out because I, I came down to the point of asking myself, what is it 
that I consider, you know, real. Yeah. Because if the world is supposed to act a certain way and it doesn't, then what is the, what knowledge do I have? What you, knowledge am I using to, to do things with? Through that process, were you ever able to come to a spiritual enlightenment and get to a point where, it's, where you, you had more meaning in life? Absolutely. So that's when I finally awoke, you know, from what I was dreaming myself to be. Ah, yeah. Is that why you called your company Awake? Yes, because I realized what we are, what I am and what everybody is. Right. I definitely find... So do, do you invest in, so just, just to be clear, you, you have a software model, right? But do you personally, like as a company, do you invest in, in companies as well? Yes, I've been doing, you know, angel checks for a number of years. And uh, now we have uh, um, a cohort, uh, I mean, a syndicate that we are using to do deal by deal uh, investments in various things. So that, uh, is com- that company is called CoVenture Capital or CoVC for short, which is a... Uh, you know, model that I uh, derived from like co-living, co-working. Yeah. So co-VC is a a co-investment model that allows people and, you know, companies and and angels and others to come together to invest in individual opportunities uh, on a deal-by-deal basis. And it has a lot of other features too, but this is similar to what, for example, AngelList and others also do. I love Uh, it. I love it. So, but it sort of connects all the dots for us in terms of, you know, what these companies are, how they're operating, and and uh, the fact that they're all, remember, everything is interconnected. So we are building a single, so like an, almost like an app store model, where every company is really like an app that connects to everything else through the underlying fabric. Got it, got it. Are you familiar with like Shamath? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Shamath. On Facebook, I'm, I, I know who he is. I don't know him personally. Yeah. Well, one thing I like about him is that he he started saying, you know, uh, he started saying things like, "I want I, I, Facebook isn't really all all that great for people and things like that." Even though he was, you mm-hmm. know, an, an initial executive at Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy he made like two billion dollars out of, uh, you know, out yeah. of his role in Facebook. And what he started doing was he started investing in companies that are really going to help the world. Yeah. So I feel like. On the one end, you can you can talk to VC companies that are really just not not great. You know, they they invest in companies just to to make like a quick buck, right? Yeah. And they they try to exit as soon as possible. Okay. And on the other end, you know, uh, with VCs, you can have people that are investing in things that change the environment, things that you know make the world a better place, things that help people with health and things like that. So you know, uh, there's, there's two sides of the spectrum with regards to VCs. And I think you're on the right side here. So, yeah, to be honest, uh, you know, our uh, view is that, uh, you know, I don't like VCs. Okay. So awake VC stands for awakened value co-creation. And we're not a traditional venture fund because the venture fund model, which is what VCs, you know, come from that background of a fund model, you know, 10 year fund or whatever it is, these are not, uh, you know, like you said, these are instruments that are made to make money for their LPs and for the GPs, these venture funds. And they're not really meant for the businesses uh, in the sense that, you know, sure, there are some investors who are probably really tuned to, um, you know, being focused on founders in a way that others aren't. But the majority are just, you know, transactional. And that's cool. You know, that's like the Wall Street world, you know, it's totally fine. That's, that's, if that's what you want to do with, with me, I like to build stuff. I like to build things that add and create value for lots and lots and lots of people. Awake VC was started because in the next few years, we're going to lose half a billion jobs through AI and climate change. So Awake VC is going to build things that will add 100 million jobs back to the economy in the next 10 years. We're going to do that, enabling one million technology businesses. I love it. I love it. Uh, how do you go to venture for this? Because venture companies, uh, you know, have a very short-term view. Right. They want to make money as soon as possible. Yeah, Pretty they're not interested in all this other stuff. It's too, you know, out there, right? They want to see a cash flow that they can, you know, match within their, you know, things, so on and so forth. I mean, that's what, I mean, we need to do that too. We're going to be very, very successful because of some fundamental changes that we are making 
to the uh, basically to the world of internet commerce. Yeah. Um, how how far do you think we're off from AI becoming fully developed or becoming a general intelligence? Um, I would say that, uh, you know, we could see something very, very interesting happen in this decade. I don't think general available, uh, general intelligence will, uh, happen, um, in quite the way that people expect. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I uh, have been doing a lot of AI stuff over the years and, you know, been working with a lot of AI people and all our companies have done a lot of AI work. And the most recent work we're doing is in what I call quantum intelligence, and it's a very different way of looking the world, which is actually where, uh, where you know, we're looking at filing a lot of patents now. And, um, you know, people are very excited about what we're doing. This is a bit of a, uh, a new thing. And there's not a lot of people yet talking about it, but except for the sort of researchers that I've been speaking with. But we're calling it Open Tangle. And it's basically a way to, uh, and I won't bore, bore you with too much detail right now. It's a bit of a mind-bending uh, thing, but essentially it teases out and teases apart the notion of uh, data and information. You know, and once you realize the difference between data and information in a functional way, then we are able to create that intelligence, which is truly non-biased. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It contains ideas about it, whereas data does not, which means pure data and pure information uh you know means that there is something removed which is pure intelligence you know right 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 and so, and how long how long do you think we to, till we get to that point where it's interconnected and everything well, is we are launching something unique uh, you know this uh, year this this month in fact later this month and early next month we'll be live with the first few uh, commercial you know brands that are using this new technology and uh it fundamentally unravels the internet as we know it. You see, let me just take a brief uh, sure. uh, sojourn into that. Sure. Um, as I've been, you know, fighting Amazon and uh, you know now Facebook for a number of years, and fighting in the sense, as businesses, we have to fight them. You know, in the sense that they used to be friends, where you know we connected and all that. Then, as you know, they became frenemies in a way. You know, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're outright enemies. These big platforms, all of them are taking you know, 30, 40%, 50% out of paychecks uh, for that business's top line. I mean, basically the revenue. If you look at Apple's, uh, you know, Apple, Google, Facebook, all of these guys' app store models, they're all 30% off the top. You look at DoorDash, they're taking 40 to 45% from restaurants, not to mention what they take from the other side and from tips and stuff. Right. But basically, you know, these and you have to pay lots of money to Facebook and people like that to get in front of others, right? So you've got to basically be now a venture-backed company just to get your word out there. Mm. And then they will also take from you on all the other side. So we live in a feudal uh, society. People think we're in a democracy and stuff like that, which is, you know, a pure red herring. We have to understand simply, very clearly, what is the truth? The truth is there are five companies today, big, big tech, we call them, that are almost $5 trillion in market cap and they're getting bigger and bigger with, you know, non-linear resources and AI and engineers and, you know, all this stuff. And they've platformized the world and the rest of us just live there and pay taxes, right? What was that not? I mean, what, it's like if you do something in uh, Facebook, I mean, like Apple App Store and they take 30%, it's like meeting, you and I meet in a, in a coffee shop or, or over this call, Zoom. And if you do a deal, then Zoom takes 30% of the deal. Right, right, right. Okay. And Go ahead. That's, what we, that's the society we live in, right? Right, exactly. Uh -huh. So this is because we live in a data-hungry society. Everybody realized that, oh, if I know, you know data about everything, I can hoard it and I can arbitrage it, which is why data is the big thing, data is the new oil, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And why nobody wants to share. Facebook is an island. Google is an island. You know, WhatsApp is an I mean, uh, they're owned by Facebook, but you know, TikTok is its own island. Like everyone's building their own islands, right? Twitter is its own thing. Right, right. Like, because everybody wants to dominate and, you know. Yeah. So that's why, that, and, and, but it's all the internet. I mean, this is all supposed to be open and, you know, on all that, but, but it's not open, right? If you don't have an access to an open and, uh, and, a, and a level play, playing field, right? 
Don't you think that, that, that all these big companies, conglomerates have to in some way agree to doing that? No. Or do you think there's no, you think that what we have, we have created is a disruptor that lets them be whatever they are while we create a new market network, which is a new term we're coining. These guys are, let us call them social networks or whatever. We create new market networks defined in software that sit on top of the existing clouds. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And we directly connect the people between each other and we do direct commerce. So the D2, D2C, DTC, everything, everyone's going crazy about, oh, everything's going to be like direct to consumer. Everything's going to be, you know, all that. How will that happen in today's world if there is no way for a brand who's new or young to get ahead in front of everybody? It's too expensive. Right. Right. So it's a non-starter. I mean, if I can't even like, I mean, I have to go to get a venture backer just to get uh, out there. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's fundamentally what we're solving. So what happens with us is you turn the entire internet or anyone who likes your stuff into a direct reseller for you. And we track the brand tracks everything that is going on with their, their digital stuff on the internet across everything. Okay. Okay. And we can do exact. So basically in a long, if you're, if you're familiar with the internet commerce and marketing and things like that, yeah, yeah. I will tell you very quickly that in one sentence we have solved attribution. Attribution. Online attribution for the sales that happen digitally. So if people are bouncing around the internet across Instagram, Google, there's that, you know, Twitter, YouTube, you know, influencers, right? Everyone's the influencer. So you're, you're reading stuff, blah, blah, blah. And finally you make a sale. That brand will know exactly how many people were involved in that sale and who should be compensated, how much down to the cents. I love it. So you're saying that, well, let's, let's use an example for this. Let's say a customer, you know, comes from, go, goes on Instagram, you know, uh, engages with a brand on Instagram, then, you know, is on Facebook and they engage with the brand on Facebook and then they go to another platform and they, they go directly to the site or, and then they go to maybe even a reseller that will be able to be tracked. You know, the, the, the buyer's journey will be able to be tracked throughout the process. Everything online for 2 billion people, 3 billion people, as we continue to scale, yeah, will be tracked in a way that lets the brand do perfect attribution for every sale that happens online across the internet as they bounce around, like you said. Yeah, I feel like there are gaps. I feel that there are gaps, like even, right. even like, right. there are gaps. Like if you, if the product, see as a brand, you will sell everywhere, right? You, as a brand, what we enable is you can sell on your own store on, you know, on Amazon or Facebook or Etsy or whatever, right? Like on DoorDash. So as a brand, as a business, everyone is a multi-channel company. Everyone's a multi-channel business, right? Omni-channel. So we drive sales wherever we get money back. Now, how much investment depends on how profitable that uh, particular channel is. So if you continue to sell stuff on Amazon or some other cloud, we don't, you know, we let you do that. That's outside the scope. But within our world, outside that world, which is on top of this existing stuff anywhere, we become that settlement network or the market network. Got it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, where do you where do you foresee this this going in the future? Do you think do you think this see, what will happen is we are the most profitable sales, right? Because we don't have there's no cost to it. Yeah. We pay people when the sale comes in. You pay them a portion of the sale that you've already said. Hey, most people have margins of say forty percent, and you're saying I will let you earn up to forty percent. So three four people can earn you know five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and they're all doing this social commerce thing all day long, and everyone's getting paid. Gotcha. So it's, it's essentially potentially like a, like a, almost like a, a, a scaled referral system. It is a referral system. It is the referral missing reference attribution. So it is fundamentally fixing the referral system or the attribution. Yeah. Online. See the referral yeah. sale refers to the fact that somebody referred you, but that is not always apparent because sometimes the referral process is not singleton. It is a multifaceted bouncing around thing which is normal, right? We don't, 
buy instantly. What I found as a, like a, a reseller of some other, you know, affiliates, like uh, being an affiliate of some other companies is I found that sometimes I, I don't get credit for sales that are made and I have to keep track. That is because they can't track it. <laughs> that's because they can't fix what I'm fixing. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. That's, that's actually, you know, that could be revolutionary. Fundamentally revolutionary, which is why Awake VC is the corporate venture arm of this new thing where we are working with new brands that are coming online, which will start happening in the next few weeks. And they're all going to be what I call market networks. So any brand now, see a brand is just a story. Right. A brand is a storytelling process that people identify with and that creates a community that you can self-identify into and you can have various levels of engagement and some are, you know, community leaders and some are brand ambassadors and some are, you know, new entrepreneurs that hook into that ecosystem or whatever it is. You see, that's the uh, story or a brand power, okay? And that's got nothing to do with the product or anything else. That has to do with just being able to communicate that story across the internet using digital media. Right. And when you start to do that with an AI that is also tracking products and services sold and also tracking the settlement and the attribution, then what you have is a new form of the modern internet where you have unraveled the effect of the existing platforms. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, that could be a game changer for a lot of brands, um, especially if they're trying to recruit. This is like a, a competitive advantage, of course compared to um, all the their competitors, right? And, uh, you know, having having this feature available, but this will be available, do you think this will be how things will work eventually with with, with all the brands that, that are existing now? Or do you think this is not. the direction it's going? 100%, because you see the future is a few trends. Everybody wants to be a maker, okay, of their own life, their own destiny, of their own value creation. So everyone's talking about, organic this and organic that and you know making uh, brands that are more earthly or you know whatever right so everyone's talking about that new form of uh, non-corporate or small batch production right so or, or personalized services or exclusive experiences that we all like you know it's not about buying lots of stuff and keeping it somewhere it's not about supplies it's not about the supply chain it is about the experience so the supply chain now becomes an enabler for the extremely high value of peer-to-peer -peer commerce, the value-added stuff. So brands are nothing but the uh, channelers of a certain movement. Right. And all the people there are the ones that now will benefit directly. And Facebook and everybody else, Instagram and so on, will become once more the original use case that they had, which is, hey, like Zoom, we met there. That's cool. I can pay a fee for that. That's all right. I don't have to pay 30% of my business. Right. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, cool. And so how did you originally think of this idea? And, you know, what are the, some of the challenges you've had to overcome regarding getting yeah, this? See, uh, the fundamental thing was I, uh, you know, ended up selling, uh, uh, you know, a company to Staples and they and I, we decided we would build out this new thing that did not quite work. I ended up, uh, you know, leaving to start something new. And I really thought how to um, build a big marketplace. And that's not big or small. How do you build a marketplace, right? And the truth was that the marketplace is not built by the seller. It's built by the buyer. Right. Markets are created by buy side. Right. Okay. So then I said to myself, okay, that makes sense. Everyone's uh, being, you know, aggregated today. Facebook has all the buyers, you know, so, and Google has all the buyers. How am I going to get all the buyers? I got to pay these guys. And that's everybody's story. So I said, I don't want to pay them, you know, because, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to sell them yet. Right? So how do I get all the shoppers? Hmm. So I can either start a new search engine or I can start a new social a new utility or something crazy like that, which is uh, very, 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 very difficult to do. Right. And if you, even if you do succeed, the marginal utility is very small because there's already something that does all of that. Right. 
So what do you do? So I said, okay, I'm going to be a B2B2C company, you know, because Facebook is a B2C company. Right. And they claim to be a tech company, platform company and all that, but their business model is a media company. Right. So they are an ad advertising model. So, so I said, how do I do that without the cost of the content? So right. that's when I started Quintype, which is the pre one of my previous companies, 2014, I started it. And um, what it was, was a, uh, it is still running and uh, it's a digital media cloud. So any company, any, any digital media uh, outfit, you know, small or big, so likes of uh, Bloomberg and Fortune are using it, but also lots of smaller uh, content players and newspapers and others. Um, they use it to basically private label cloud. It's a private label cloud for your digital media company. Okay. It's like everything that I would have done if I wanted to build a media company, <laughs> but not actually driving it. Right. Got it. Got so it. They are driving it. So it's a SaaS play and we are, you know, rapidly increasing the uh, audiences and so on. So that will continue to grow really rapid. And that has, you know, at scale, hundreds of millions of shoppers are, are already aggregated. So let, let me ask you this. You've have you listened to my podcast yet? I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm sorry. I have not had a chance yet, but I will. No worries. No worries. Okay. So one question I like to ask is, was there ever a challenge that you had that made you not want to continue at some point or was there anything that was so difficult for you that? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just get into this quintype story, you know, so no VC would, will touch these types of projects. You know why that is? Why? Because it doesn't take, uh, it takes longer than a few years to get. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh -huh. So they, they cannot fund it. They just don't understand it. They're not interested because it's not something that fits into their, you know, 10 year exit plan. Right. Depending on where they are with their fund and you know, how many years left and what their blah, blah, blah. So that's just what it is. Okay. So I had to go and find a corporate uh, partner that would be able to fund the project for a long time, which was, which I was lucky enough to do. Uh, but that was a unique luck situation that, you know, happened. That was just, you know, otherwise these are not uh, easy things to solve. I mean, I've had so many conversations with the industry about how come media monetization is not a solved problem, right? Given how big a problem it is. I mean, Instagram made $20 billion this past year. Okay. Um, and everybody else is not making that money. How come it's not solved? And they're taking such huge cuts from people's business. Right. How come that this inefficiency in the market is not solved. Right? Right. Because it takes a long-ish time to solve it. And that's what uh, happened with uh, Quintype. And it's uh, now you know on its own thing. But finally, we had to find a growth hack. So that's when Awake was born. And, uh, you know, we're now launching this new company, as I mentioned, called ShopType, which is uh, a monetization layer for what we've already built in the past. So Quintype is a very good digital media layer. And, uh, you know, if you're a media company, you should definitely check it out. And, you know, you will become a, you know, AI powered uh, cloud pretty instantly. It starts very cheap. So that's kind of how we went to market with that. Um, but if you're now looking to sell things, and you're, you know, brand that is uh, a product or a service or, you know, anything like that, uh, a brand, a D2C brand, you have D2C ambitions, then you can launch with ShopType. And ShopType uh, basically converts your brand into a global market network that lets you pay people when sales happen. Exact dollars, exact amounts. And uh, we take only sort of 30% that all these platforms take we're cutting the fees to 100x. So it's 30 basis points. Okay. Um, so, so that's how you make money on that. You take 30 basis points then. Um, so we take 30 basis points when the order uh, you know, comes in and uh, then the settle, that's called the settlement fee. So we settle the transaction across the internet. If there are four people that need to get paid, we tell you exactly who it is and all that stuff. And the money is moved using your existing let's say you're using MasterCard or whatever it is, Visa, Stripe. So the fees that you pay them, that's usually around 3%. We also cut those fees in, in by 10x down to that 0.3% if you use our 
uh, you know, payment service. Got it. it you use the uh, the payment. It's a it's a p- pretty much your payment processor that that focuses on attribution. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're basically a fintech that is offering brands free software to become a D2C virus because we are doing exact attribution and payments. Right. Okay. Awesome. So can you give me like a, like just, just for the audience, can you give me a yeah. real world example of essentially uh, how this would work? Sure. And uh, just so, just so we're clear, you know, on um, exactly what would be entailed. So yeah. let's say, let's say um, somebody interacts with a brand and they share it on social media. Like how, how would that? Yeah. So let's take a brand, let's say a brand like, uh, you know, um, urban decay. All right. It's a beauty brand. So these typical uh, brands have uh, margins of let's say 80, 90%, you know, gross margins, because that's how they ma- manage their wholesale distribution and then retail networks. Right. So like Sephora or any of these guys will get, let's say 30, 40, 50% commissions on their products for retail. Okay. So typically is 40%. Sure. So let's say that that's the brand and they come to, or even a small brand, you new brand, let's say young brand that's doing beauty. Okay. Organic beauty products. So they come on board they, Let's say they have a Shopify store today or some, you know, existing thing. They basically plug that in and, you know, we sync the catalog into shop type and you get a new uh, market network or a social network that you can start sharing on, or you can, you know, essentially people can share. And basically when you sign on this uh, market network, so let's say you, you Frank join uh, urban decay. So urban decay's market network now, uh, is a free place for you to join. So uh, you're an influencer. Let's say you have a bunch of followers on Instagram and also on Twitter and Snapchat. So you, you know, like to make money on this uh, vertical. So you join the market network. You basically join urbandecay.com slash Frank is now your like Facebook page and you can curate the entire catalog. Okay. And you can basically do whatever you want. You can use the whole media tooling that you know, create products, I mean, create the content or whatever you do. And then you can push that stuff to all your existing uh, social media accounts. So automatically from one place, you are basically, you know, garnering uh, uh, attention. Okay. The links are all your own links that you're going to use anywhere you use links. Okay. So wherever people click or share or do whatever with your stuff, uh, Urban Decay knows that that's what's happening. Okay. Mm, Okay. And everyone's doing this. So now let's say there's a million people like you, Frank, and then Samantha and Amit and many others that are, uh, all of us are doing this. Okay. So we all have free stores within the urban decay department store. Right. And we're curating our own thing and we're telling our friends about it or whatever we're influencing. And I've connected my Instagram to this and I've connected whatever I like because I want to push this content when I feel like, or I'm just using the links if I like to put, put them, I can email people, I can WhatsApp them, whatever I want to do, right? Sure. Now, when someone comes through and clicks on your blog, let's say, or whatever, and then goes to Urban Decay and looks around and adds a bunch of items to the cart, let's say hundred bucks worth of stuff. And yeah. let's say they do buy right away. That was pretty straightforward, right? Cause we can track it right back to you. Yeah. But let's say that they don't buy. Uh-huh. And then they bounce around and a couple of days later, they come across Samantha's blog and they, click through and again, go there and bounce around. Then they still don't buy and then they come to my blog and then, you know, they bounce around and then they finally that next weekend, you know, say three weeks down the line, they make a purchase hundred bucks of the stuff. All right. Yeah. Urban Decay, let's say has set a rule that says, you know, guys love your stuff. We'll, you know, continue doing what you're doing as the sales come in. Let's say Frank was the, just the, you know, introduction, introductory, you know, agent. I will offer 5% to anyone who just even introduces. Wow. And if you, the person within, let's say 48 hours or something, I'll give you another 10%. And let's say you push the person within an hour, I'll give you another 25%. So that total 40% can be earned across the. No, you know, in this day and age with all these influencers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with Kim Kardashian charging like, off, uh, um, I think quarter of a million dollars for one post on Instagram or something like that. I think this is definitely valuable to, to brands that work with influencers primarily, um, for sure. 
because then you know this could this could spread pretty quickly you know if if it's in the right hands um this type of this model right so this is why we call it uh, you know the d2c virus so <laughs> basically it creates uh, you know virality into the brand's dna because it auto tracks whose hands it is in like you said on the internet and when so this is not like an mlm where you know static networks are created and again the feudal system continues yeah. here whoever is doing the activity to drive sales is getting paid in real time i love it i love it cool and it supports all kinds of stuff like reverse chargebacks and stuff so if somebody returns products we can return the you know so it's a crm uh, salesforce model right that's really driving a economy so let me ask you this if that if this becomes big enough which I'm, th- I'm, I'm sure you're planning on doing, right? You're planning on making, scaling this. Um, where do you put all the data centers? So it sits on top of Amazon and on, on top of existing clouds, remember? Yeah. So it can sit and it's programmatically going anywhere. What we have created underlying all of this is a new abstraction layer for the AI and for the knowledge representation and for the knowledge graph and everything else. That new thing is uh, beyond even blockchain and uh, you know even beyond DAGs which are the directed acyclic graphs like IOTA and stuff this is something new okay I call it open tangle so um, this thing can sit uh, it's a software abstraction right so it basically creates a new layer mm-hmm. uh, of basically the it's a software defined internet on top of the existing internet so so is there just a flow so- of information and, and, uh, and attention if you if you grow big enough, this is mainly a cost. There, there's no because I, I, I for, for some reason it's hard for me to wrap my, rand, my my mind around this being just in the cloud. But I guess that's possible, and and you just pay more for more cloud space, right? Um, I, correct. So just try, so let, just to point out again, you see, yeah. the, we are doing actually very very little bit. When you say you can pay for more cloud space, for example. Let's say a brand comes on us and they are using the platform and using resources. They have two options. They can be fully on us where we are, you know, essentially, you know, your AWS layer, then your abstraction layer. Otherwise, you're just connecting to our network. It's like Visa network or Stripe network, right? So you're just connecting it and using their APIs. Yeah. That makes you enabled. So there are two, three ways of engaging depending on the level of engagement. And uh, again, like I said, we're actually a fintech, a payment processing system. So the brands can also get things like real-time financing and real-time, you know, loans and, you know, ARs and receivable financing and things like that. Interesting. I love it. I love it. It's all, it's great. Make VC knows how to create 1 million top brands that will start to grow automatically or where to invest and how and so on, because pretty much the AI knows what's happening, right? Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're using AWS um, or Amazon um, as a on top of on top of the, that cloud server because that's uh, that's definitely smart instead of doing something on your own. Oh yeah, we uh, yeah. you know definitely don't want to reinvent the wheel. Like I said, the only thing we are doing is yeah. adding the part that was missing on the internet, which is the attribution part and a social payments system that allows you to settle what I call social commerce or the real social commerce, not Facebook, but like social commerce where multiple people are working together on the customer. I love it. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a great, it's, it's a wonderful um, model. I, 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 um, it's, it's amazing. Um, Especially if you have, you know, you can, you know, doing it this way, like as a brand, like trying to get your word, the, the word out there, instead of just focusing on maybe like a big influencer, you can focus on people that have big networks in their real life. Oh yeah. We don't, we actually, when we talk to brands, we don't, uh, we tell them influencers don't mean Kim Kardashian at all. It only means the people who will be paid on commission. Right. Exactly. Is absolutely everybody. That's 4 billion people, 3.9 billion people today are on mobile phones that are not being utilized. Right. And all of these people, I need to create 1 million, I'm sorry, 1 million tech businesses and 100 million jobs. It's going to be quite simple how to do it because we just create a market network for a brand and there's whatever, you know, 10 billion brands up there, right? We're all brands and yeah. we all have many brands in our lifetime. So, so like, is there, is there going to be a way for, 
let's say you said there's a, it's, you, you've used the word marketplace multiple times. Is there going to, is it going to be a way for, um, like people, just regular people who have, you know, social networks or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. uh, to go on and, and, and look for brands they want they personally want to work for. Yes. So basically shop type is the, uh, where you can start to explore this and register for early access and stuff like that. Uh, what will be coming out shortly is something called cell type, cell type, uh, com will be a place where anyone can see all our brands and how much money they'll make selling them those products and they can instantly sign up there and start selling by connecting the accounts there and just it's just a one one stop shop why do you think facebook hasn't or 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 some other big conglomerate hasn't focused on this is this just a gap in the marketplace that a lot of people are ignoring or is this something no, that so a lot of people are doing influencer stuff today tons and tons and tons what we are bringing is two or three key things the first of course is a missing piece, right? Which nobody has solved. 20 years have passed on the internet. We haven't solved attribution. Okay. So the referral part, the attribution part has been broken, right? Today you spend money on marketing. How do you know what happened? Right. Right. You don't know. It's a fundamental fact. You don't know. Absolutely. And so um, we are solving that, right? So yeah. when, un- until that was solved, the whole ecosystem could not be built in the way we're building it. Your people are building parts of it because they cannot solve all of it. Right. But once you know how to solve all of it, which is really not anything specific, it's really something very, very simple. It is, why is Facebook taking all my money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Facebook is uh, it, Facebook is great uh, social media network, but I feel like the more and more they grow, the, the more and more people are disliking Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's also, why, have, why hasn't Facebook solved this, for example? So Facebook does not want to solve it because they want to be Facebook. And, yeah. uh, you know, Amazon won't solve it because they want to be Amazon. What Awake is, is about being free right. from all these platforms. So as a brand, I will be wherever I want to be, and I'll be everywhere, and I'll push where I get the most return. So, Amit, uh, if there's somebody that wants to get a hold of you, um, you know, they, they want to talk to you about this, uh, how would they go about doing that when they reach out to you on LinkedIn or where yeah, LinkedIn is good. Um, you know, awake.vc is my personal space and what I'm doing with all of these projects, but shop type is launching. So shoptype.com is our, is my focus now for the next uh, foreseeable future. It's where all the brands are coming and all the uh, capital uh, markets are being formed and people are engaging to create the future of uh, internet commerce. You know, I love it. Uh, I love it. So that's really our focus. And then everything else sits on top of it in a way. I love it. I love it. Um, cool. Thank you so much, Amit. I really appreciate you for uh, doing this podcast with me and I look forward to conversing with you soon.